Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger. Hello, friends. This is Dr. Forger, and welcome to episode 12 of the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We have another great episode for you. Today, we are joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Jordana Quinn of Core Medicine in Golden, Colorado, just by Denver, Colorado. Dr. Quinn is board certified in physical medicine and rehabilitation and has specialty training and interests in regenerative medicine, functional medicine, anti-aging medicine, and medical aesthetics. We are today going to talk about some of those topics that she holds near and dear, mainly regenerative medicine and PRP or platelet-rich plasma. The conversation will kind of go wherever it will go, um, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. You know, on a personal note, Dr. Quinn is a dear friend of mine. We met about, oh, I want to say, five years ago. We did some anti-aging regenerative PRP courses together in New York City, and we've stayed in touch. We've kind of followed each other's journeys. We've bounced ideas of each other, and we've really kind of had that sisterhood of colleagues that have made each other better physicians. So I'm so excited that she's coming to join us today to talk about platelet-rich plasma and regenerative medicine. And as I said, here's episode 12, Dr. Jordana Quinn, and let's dive right into the conversation. So Dr. Quinn, I'm so excited that you're here. And Dr. Quinn and I, we've actually known each other, like I said in the intro, for about four or five years, and we did a training together. So it's kind of cool to watch our practices evolve over space and time. And yeah, it's so incredible to have you here. And she is a true expert in regenerative and anti-aging medicine. She does a lot of it. So I'm so excited to have her here to talk about platelet-rich plasma. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's my favorite subject to talk about. (laughs) All right. Well, let's dive right into it. First of all, can you just tell our listeners what is platelet-rich plasma before we just kind of throw the term around? Absolutely. So platelet-rich plasma, you may or may not have heard, is PRP. There's a bunch of terms out there for it. Um, And so in terms of aesthetics, you might hear of a PRP facial or PRP facial facelift or vampire facial, vampire facelift they kind of all encompass the same thing and they might be done a little bit differently, which we'll get to later, but they're essentially the same thing. It's when you use your own blood, you centrifuge it down, take out the platelets and you inject or microneedle them back into your skin. And so, um, so like I said, it, it comes from your own blood, it's PRP. And the benefit of it, I think of platelets as the general contractors of our healing. And so when you put platelets into a needle or micro needle them on your face, what they're doing is calling from afar via cell signaling their buddies like growth factors and stem cells to come help heal the area. So they're essentially the general contractors of collagen formation. 
I'm going to use that. That is fabulous. So the platelets are the general contractors of our healing. So we kind of task them with laying down the new collagen, making everything a little bit tighter, kind of regenerating the cellular matrix. And what happens next? Well, it's exactly what you would. So in, in easy, an easy kind of visual for everyone to understand is you cut yourself. So say you cut your skin and you bleed. And in that blood, there's platelets. And so they first actually clot the blood so you don't just keep bleeding and bleeding. And then again, they're calling in the stem cells and the growth factors to come. And so all the worker bees are coming to help kind of like sew that area up. So if you imagine a cut in your skin, you know, you form a scab and that scab is formed by all of the things that were mentioned. And then under that scab, all the growth factors and stem cells are doing the work and it's collagen. I mean, so much of our body, our skin and our, you know, subdermis and ligaments and tendons are made up of different types of collagen and different concentrations of collagen. And so under that scab, the growth factors and the stem cells are doing the work to help form new skin. And then as you can visualize that scab falls off and you have a scar, if it's a big cut, and then even over time, that scar looks better and better. And that is exactly what is happening when we're doing PRP, like microneedling is except on a microscopic level. And so we're damaging the skin on a microscopic level and all of those healing factors are then getting to work to form new skin. So you don't see a scab or hopefully you don't see a scab, otherwise the <laughs> procedures are being done, right? But, um, you know, you just below the surface of the skin, you're getting these, these micro injuries that are stimulating all of those wonderful healing cells and new collagen and skin turnover. And so, so you have beautiful glowing more you Yeah. So if we were to be able to look under your skin, yeah. right after all this process is done and evolves, what I always think about is that kind of your skin would look like your skin did several years ago. The collagen is a little bit more, it's better organized. There's more elastin, there's less wrinkles, there's less imperfections, there's less scars. So we're all sort of, of like, you know, rewinding a little bit the skin time clock. Yes. So and I was just going to say, every time I do a PRP procedure to myself or have my nurse do it, I mean, I get compliments on my skin literally a hundred percent of the time. And it's not immediate. It's typically a month later, people will be like, what are you doing to your skin? And I of course forgot that I did the procedure, you know, and, but I mean, every time people just tell me my skin looks a little bit tighter and just softer. Yeah. So that was actually one of my next questions. So I'm a patient. Mm -hmm. I come to you for, let's say maybe some PRP injected and microneedled in at the same time. You know, we talked about the day of the procedure, we draw the skin, we spin it down, we inject it, we microneedle it, it heals. And then what can I expect after the procedure? When do I see my most results and how long will it last? So because we're regenerating, I mean, it's not like a medication or it's not like Botox. We know Botox lasts approximately three months. Sometimes it's a little less, sometimes it's a little more, um, but we know Botox is gone and the effects last three months with micro, with micro needling or any regenerative procedure, because like the word says, we are regenerating your skin. We are growing new tissue. We're just counteracting the effects of degeneration as we get older. And so for everybody, it's a little bit different, just depending on your lifestyle, honestly, depending on how much you're in the sun, depending on your own genetics, depending on your diet and how much you exercise. I mean, all of those things are so important for the aging process. So there isn't an exact answer, but pretty much we know that the benefits, I mean, you're seeing the benefits for a few months. Um, 
there are studies that say, you know, you should probably keep doing it for upkeep about quarterly to twice a year mm -hmm. is optimal benefit. But it's not like the, I mean, the platelets are gone from your skin in about a week. Um, so it's not that it, it lasts. It's not that the platelets last or the microneedling lasts. It's just, you know, the effects, again, we're, we're slowing down the hands of time. So, so it's hard to like put a number on that. That's, I think that's really important to set for expectations um, with patients is that it's not like, you know, you see your lip filler, you see your lip filler, it's, and then it's gone. What yes. we're doing is we're kind of stimulating your overall skin health, your texture, the look of it, the, the collagen. And of course, we're not taking biopsies to look at it. Right. Um, so it is long lasting. <laughs> it would be if you could, but don't cut on my face for it. I know. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it is like the, the art and the science of regenerative medicine. We kind of have to a little bit shift how we think about it. Um, exactly. So you have mentioned stem cells, a yes. question I get a lot from my patients. And so I think it'd be interesting from the listeners. And I'm sure you get this all the time is, is PRP the same as stem cells? Yes or no. And what are the differences? Yeah, no is the answer. Um, PRP stimulates stem cells, like I kind of explained earlier. So stem cells are circulating in your blood um, all of the time. And there's many layers of actual stem cells. And so what stem cells are, um, I call stem cells the worker bees of, of an injury. So they're coming to an injury and really doing the work of healing the area, whether it's on your face or anywhere else um, that you're doing a regenerative medicine procedure. And so, so PRP and stem cells are two different cells in your body. Stem cells can be multiple types of stem cells. And so um, how I can simplify it is that there are stem cells who are, are kind of like newborn babies. They are, they're circulating in your blood and they have no idea what they wanna be when they grow up. And then you have an injury and they run to the injury and they decide like if you break your leg that they're gonna become bone so they can help heal that broken bone. Mm -hmm. And if you cut your skin, they decide that they're going to become skin so they can heal the skin. But then there's also like stem cells that are teenagers, let's say, and they are already, they already exist inside your bone or inside your skin. And so they are called even sooner when you either break your bone or cut your skin. So they've already decided what they want to be. They just haven't had the opportunity to fully evolve into those tissues. And so, um, so that's what a stem cell is, where again, a platelet is just a circulating cell in your tissue. So there's multi-levels of stem cells. Um, there are practices who will tell you that they're doing a stem cell um, facelift or stem cell facial. And it is highly, un like unless you're paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, they're probably not doing stem cells and they're probably doing PRP. Um, so those terms have, while they are not interchangeable in my world have become somewhat interchangeable. If they're just drawing your blood, they're not doing a stem cell procedure. Um, the ways to do stem cell procedure. Um, so you can purchase um, umbilical cells or amniotic cells. You could purchase something called exosomes. I mean, I could talk about all of the different stem cells. Those um, are okay. They're not, but they're still thousands of dollars to purchase. So there's, I mean, it costs any physician multiple thousands of dollars to even just purchase a vial. So much less their time and the, hopefully they're doing it mixed with PRP because the PRP actually stimulates stem cells more. But I would say nine times out of 10, it's not a stem cell procedure if that's not happening. The other way, so you can purchase stem cells. Those stem cells are actually not as active 
or as beneficial as using your own stem cells. And if you're using your own stem cells, you will know um, <laughs> because the physician is tapping into your bone marrow or getting some fat tissue. So fat has the highest concentration of stem cells and bone marrow has kind of the most potent stem cells. So, um, so they either do one or the other or mix them together. Um, and that's a multi-hour procedure, probably a two to three hour procedure. So that's again, pretty if, invasive to go into okay. your bone marrow. Yeah, no, it's super invasive. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for an aesthetic procedure, honestly. Yeah. I do that for orthopedic procedures, you know, when we're saving someone from getting a knee replacement or a shoulder replacement or something major, right? So the alternative is a huge surgery, but if the alternative is looking great or looking doubly great i would choose looking great over an invasive procedure, yeah and just right? do the prp twice uh, the before PRP. we go into the types of prp i just want to quickly highlight some of the things that dr quinn said that are really important so first of all you know in aesthetic medicine sometimes these terms get wishy-washy and people kind of make something sound a certain way without it being. And we're really kind of against that meaning, like I want to give you the truthful information. So seeing that I do a PRP facial and a PRP procedure, I'm going to call it that, but not everybody has either the same knowledge or the same ethics. So if they are drawing your blood, spinning it down, extracting the platelets and re-injecting it, they're doing PRP, which will in turn stimulate stuff themselves. So that was my point number one. And that's really the procedure that's wonderful for anti-aging that based on sort of the risk benefit and the invasiveness, we highly recommend. Number two that I want to say, and I've had this objection and I don't know if you've had some people will say oh but I don't want to have cells from dead babies which I completely agree (laughs) that that might be against your religion even though you know a lot of what people think comes from dead fetuses we you know we in no way shape or form harm fetuses but again that's one of the wonderful things about PRP that it's your own blood It's your own platelet. So not only is it a perfect match for what you need to stimulate everything, you know, nobody is harmed in making of this procedure other than maybe like a little poke to you. Um, And also, you know, you're not putting anything artificial in your body. You're really using one of the most natural ways to regenerate. Yes. A hundred percent. And I have two comments. One is that, so just on that, what a PRP facial or PRP facelift is synonymous with a vampire facial or facelift. So that is what a vampire facial or facelift is, is PRP. Um, When people come to me and say, I don't want anything from fetuses, it's actually 100% illegal to use anything from fetuses. So so then there is a difference between types of stem cells. Fetal tissue is illegal to use. Mm -hmm. Nobody, as far as I know in in the United States are are using fetal tissue. Umbilical and amniotic tissue is not, fetal tissue, it is actually in the stem cell world considered adult tissue because those cells, fetal tissue is still, their stem cells are still kind of pre-baby like we talked about, but stem cells are babies. And so babies, like when they're born are no longer fetal tissues. Their cells have the, the consistency, let's say of adult stem cells. So that is the difference. So, it, so yes, I, I fully agree in being all natural in general, but even if someone was using exosomes or umbilical cells or amniotic cells, it is not 
fetal tissue, and that is also a big difference. So no babies are being harmed in the processing of umbilical or amniotic cells. What they're doing is either taking amniotic fluid from the mother that has consented, um, or in the hospital when a baby's born, some of these companies, from what I understand, I don't work for the company, but they ask the mother if they can use their umbilical cord. So for those of you who have had babies, you're attached via the umbilical cord to the to the placenta and they cut it from the baby and then they take that placenta and umbilical cord and then use it to process. So um, so that's just the difference between an umbilical and fetal. Okay, great. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I just, I guess I just wanted to put people at ease because yeah, I think, totally. and, and you're putting people at ease about sort of the legalities of all the stem cell procedures as well. You know, I don't do stem cell procedures, but I know you do. So um, thank you for that. But I just want to make yeah. sure too that the ethics of all that we do is really being held to a high standard. And, you know, sometimes I, I feel like with all that's in the media, again, there's all this confusion and all this like that, that stuff. And I just want to reassure people that if you go to somebody who's doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're educated and they do it the legal way, according to the FDA, like, you know, nothing bad will happen. And no, oh, no I mean, no. meaning like in, in terms of like, you know, the ethics of this. So anyway, you kind of talked a little bit about orthopedics. I know you do a lot of orthopedics. Um, so tell me what are the kind of types of PRP you do in your practice beyond aesthetics? So beyond aesthetics, um, I mean, I do, I come from the rehab, so the physical rehab space. So it's basically non-operative orthopedics. And so I do PRP for any joints um, that hurt. So I mean, a meniscus tear, rotator cuff tear, ankle injuries. I mean, really any, what you would think of muscle tear injuries, kind of athletic injury or injury of aging. And so it's pretty, it's a very like same way of making it. We draw your blood, we spin it down, we get the platelets, but then we inject it directly into a joint to prevent the need for surgery or if they're non-surgical candidates. I mean, so, and most of the time, again, it depends what the injury is, but we're keeping people out of the operating room or delaying the operating room by five to 10 years um, with a PRP or with a stem cell procedure, depending on what they're in area of injury is. That is so cool. So, um, you know, what are the different types of PRP that you do? And then again, who should be doing the procedures? Well, so I think in different states, it is different um, mm -hmm. as far as legality goes with who should be doing the procedures. You know, obviously the drawing of the blood should be done by a physician or a nurse or a practitioner that, or phlebotomist who knows how to draw blood. And then whoever is processing the blood, meaning is centrifuging it, needs to understand the different centrifuge processes, what speed to be processed at. Um, you know, these are technicalities that no patient is really going to know, but you know, I always recommend, I mean, if you're getting PRP, you need to be seeing a physician um, or someone who's been trained generally. And while I love estheticians, um, you know, they're not trained in medicine. And so I have had um, another esthetician friend of mine say she got PRP from her friend who's an esthetician and they shouldn't be, they're not trained in sterile procedure blood draws and so that just makes me nervous because you don't know what I don't know what they're doing and I'm not trying to throw estheticians under the bus I just think they're not trained in medicine so that you know is a little bit odd to me um that is uh, one of the overarching themes of this podcast though too is to also educate people as to what are the safe ways to have procedures what is procedures for and, and really one of the overarching themes that we've had is you know go to an expert like yourself like right go to somebody who understands and um, whether that is a physician or a mid-level working with a physician or you know depending on what the legalities are in the state but 
you do really, this is medicine. This is it's not only your blood draws, right. this is it getting injected in the right way into the right planes and through the right everything. And, you know, you want that in the hands of somebody who's an expert. Right. And PRP is an expensive procedure um, for many reasons, but, you know, while it is an easy procedure to do once you have the blood and the platelets and the microneedling, the microneedling part is easy if you're getting it injected in your tear troughs or in your nasolabial folds, like filler, you obviously want a physician to be doing that. Um, so, but, um, you know, I never in my life, I've been doing this for over a decade, have had an infection because I understand sterile procedure. And so, I mean, nobody should be getting an infection from PRP, but, but when you're processing PRP, you can either get an infection from the processing because you're not doing it sterily and in a closed, either a closed system or inside of a hood and, or you're not injecting appropriately. And so that's where it's, it really needs to be in the hands of a, a provider who's well-trained. Yeah. And even things that are natural are still medicine. There's a lot of natural yes. things that are medicine. Yes. I mean, there's many places that call themselves a med spa and that really should be reserved for, I mean, physicians because it's medical or, or providers um, versus like, it's fine. It's fine to just go get a facial and a light chemical peel. And those are great. And those are very good for your skin. But you know, when you want next level care, you should seek next level providers. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, you do a lot of anti-aging, you do a lot of regenerative medicine. So I would love to just kind of have you tell our listeners about your overall philosophy on aging or aging gracefully, regeneration, anti-aging, whatever you yes. want to call it. Oh, that's such a big topic. We should, uh, we should do this again. But um, so, you know, from an aesthetic standpoint. I mean, there's, there's so all of the standpoint, there's so much that goes into aging. Um, the, honestly, the, one of the number one things that I think is important for aging is stress. And so that is like, anybody could do that. You don't need a procedure. I mean, anybody could be stressed and anybody could try to de-stress. So you don't need a procedure, you don't need a physician, but you do need to work on what's uh, going on in your mind and your ability to deal with your life. And so, yes, there's stressful things that happen and there's jobs and there's terrible accidents and, and families and there's beautiful stress like marriage and babies and things like that, but it's all stress. And so being able to manage your stress is a huge actually part of aging and, and our skin health. Um, drinking water is obviously important. Um, sleeping enough is important. I mean, these are kind of, I feel like basic principles of health, but we don't actually realize how important they are for our skin health as well. Hormones is another big one as we age you will notice usually, typically in your 40s, mostly um, most men and women have a huge aging curve. And a lot of that is because men and women's hormones drop mostly in their 40s and then it slows down. And so they will really notice that they're aging a lot kind of in that decade. Um, with women, we go through menopause. And so it's kind of obvious we have regular menstrual cycles and then they stop essentially. But for men, they, they, they don't have anything that obvious, but they are actually dropping their testosterone levels as well, kind of by one to 2% a year. And so you start noticing things like your skin might get crepey around your chest, or it just is, loses its elasticity and it loses its kind of its plumpness essentially. And so part of that is we actually drop the amount of stem cells we have in our mid thirties. And then part of it is hormones 
and then kind of lifestyle changes. Um, there's so many things I could talk about it all day long. Yeah, and I think you and I were kind of on similar journeys where we are into aesthetics, but it's really like this overall well-being journey of your mind, your body, your soul, and yes, your skin is part of that. And for you, it's also your joints are part of it, and all of the other wonderful regenerative right. things you say. Um, but but it's really like that aging from the inside out and the outside in. And we're Absolutely. here to help all of those parts. So tell us about sort of some other next and great projects you want to talk about, um, especially for sort of the general public. Um, and then tell us where people can find you. We will obviously link all of it in the show notes, but I want to kind of give you the opportunity um, for anything about wealth, health, you know, anti-aging yes. that you have to share with people. I mean, so coming up, um, let's see, I just wrote a chapter in a book called The Gap, which is available on Amazon. Um, and it's all about um, what I do in my practice. So it talks about regenerative medicine, but it talks about what I call the pillars of health you know, which are diet, exercise, sleep, stress, which you could do alone. And then obviously sometimes you call in physicians and professionals for other things. But um, so that just launched, I'm about to launch a course this summer called Unlimited Wealth because well, health is wealth in my mind. And if you're not healthy, you truly have no wealth. Um, and so the course and the retreat are actually called the same thing. So the course will be launched in a two to three months. And that really focuses on the pillars of health and it's geared towards I mean, professionals and high performers who just don't prioritize their health and they don't really know where to start. And so we have weekly emails that go out that talk about, you know, what you can do in five minutes a day or less to start changing each of those pillars of health. And then we have weekly coaching to kind of help people get on their, their journey, because I truly want people to feel good, like you said, from inside out and outside in. And so if people could start making daily changes in their already busy lives, they truly will be a better human. And so I have the course coming out and then I also... I'm hosting um, an unlimited wealth retreat that where people can come. This The first one is sold out, but it's in uh, Grand Lake, Colorado in a beautiful lake and where people come in person and we focus on, again, the pillars of health. We do some IV therapies. We do some yoga and exercise and really just try to achieve some true physical and mental transformation and get people on their health journey. I mean, I truly believe if we are all healthy and we all feel good, we all show up in the world as the best versions of ourselves and are more successful as a, as a race. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, that sounds incredible. I wish I was going to retreat, but my kid is graduating from high school, which is obviously like a great joyous moment, but interferes yep. with it. I can't wait to be at one of the future ones. Yeah. Um, you know, I've loved watching your journey. I know we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up in the future. Um, and thank you so much for being on this podcast and really truly sharing your wealth of health information about PRP with our listeners. Thank yes, you. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.